Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. Isaiah and hamster wheels. Oh, yeah. I've... Yes, hamster wheels. I was like, what are you, <laughs> like, what are you talking about, hamster wheels? <laughs> talking, about, talking about your sermon. Yeah. I... There was a really strange stream of consciousness that got me started on that hamster wheel track. <laughs> and what occurred to me, for, so let me, I, I did not like that text. Um, from, really? From a preaching standpoint, I just, I wasn't a fan. Okay. Um, Interesting. Like I, like, I just had a hard time, like, really, I felt like I had a hard time getting into the text and what I wanted to preach, and it just didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, was, not, I was not a fan of the text. Huh. I, I mean... I find it an interesting text from the standpoint of, isn't that the one Jesus kind of quotes yeah. about himself? Yeah. 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 Um, and, 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 yeah, so. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't feel it. it I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why, why you wouldn't like preaching that, because, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a central gospel kind of thing. Yeah, I, th I think I think what I didn't I didn't like, and I think part of it may just be sort of some uh, prophet fatigue. Okay. And it's like, okay, so we keep nailing prophets and nailing prophets and nailing prophets, and it's hard. I I get that, um, and also. We had Esther thrown in there. Technically, she wasn't a quote prophet. Yeah. It was. I don't know. It was just a challenge. I, I, I found it a challenge last week um, to really dig in, not to dig into the text, but figure out what I wanted to bring out of the text. And it kind of hit me that at some point that, you know, what's the point of the prophets? Like, the point of the prophets is that we kind of, listen and change and we so often get caught up in that the hamster wheel right especially mm -hmm. this time of year like I, one of our one of our preschool teachers today i said you're i said you're uh you're moving he said, i said are you okay you're moving a little slow she said, it's just the time of year yeah we're so busy at school and as a mom and and blah and i'm like yep like and and it is and you know the sort of the irony is you know, this is a time of year where we, we gather to celebrate, air quote, the Prince of Peace. Um, and yet we make the season so incredibly chaotic that there isn't a whole lot of peace. The peace you get is from the exhaustion when your head hits the pillow and you go, oh, man, I needed that. And the alarm goes off. But so... But, but so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that just slightly and say um, yes, we celebrate the Prince of Peace, but let's let's be honest and say that um, Jesus, God incarnate, coming into the world, kind of wound up not being an overly peaceful event from the standpoint of um, absolutely. You know, he, he kind of came to upend things. I was going to say, upended everything. Yeah. Right, which, which is part of the irony of the whole Prince of Peace thing, too, right? Like, right. like oh, here comes the Prince of Peace, and, and that's all great and well, and, and that was the intention. Right. I mean, I truly believe that was God's intention, and then the world was like, yeah, we kind of like our worldly ways, and 
Jesus is like, yeah, no, that's kind of not what we're doing here. Um, but I mean, we, we, still, we still hold on to that label, Prince of Peace, because we don't really want to do the hard work, let's be honest. Yeah. Because it's hard work. And so it just, like, it kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, so we're dealing with the prophets and we're listening to all these texts, but we keep doing the same thing and we're caught in that hamster wheel and we just keep running and running and running and running and doing the same thing. And, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, when you go to the zoo and, you know, the tiger or the polar bear or whatever do the same loop. Like you're watching them in their, in their, in their encaged habitat and they're like jumping in the water, swimming to the window, back out of the water, up on the land, back around, jump into the water, and they just do these laps. And it's like, what are they doing? That's crazy. Like, well, they got nothing else to do. They're just doing the same thing. And we kind of do the same thing. We just, like, we keep going through as, as society and go, oh, we, 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 can't, we can't change anything. Yep. It's like, oh, man, but that's kind of not the point. It's not the and point we of had profits. the opportunity to change things, we didn't. Yeah, right. I mean. Now, the good news is there's still opportunity. Yeah, but I mean, let's put it this way. We had a forced opportunity kind of situation where it was the perfect time to really reevaluate um, priorities and slow down and say, maybe we don't want to go back to the rat race. Maybe we don't want to go back to the hamster wheel. Yeah. And yet we dove headlong right back into it with, out even like a hesitation yeah and, and in fact we our society rebelled at the notion of slowing down <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we had we had there were, fam- there were protests yeah i mean we, we had families that that was like man you know what i know this really stinks but i'm kind of grateful that you know the world has kind of slowed down just a little bit and and, and we've had some time to be family again. And then humanity so lost nice. its mind. And then... Humanity literally lost its mind. You, it, it's hard, to, and it, again, it, it's hard to not get sucked, sucked up, sucked back up into the, into the, the I, I'll call it chaos, into the chaos. I, I was noticing this week, because like, there hasn't been a day where I've been home before like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Um, for the past two weeks. And I was like, dang. Is that painting gig? Um, partially that, but also just other things that are going on that, you know, I'm um, just got going on after, you know, after hours. And it dawned on me, I was like, wow, you know, the past like two years or so, I just didn't have that kind of whacked out schedule because everything had kind of been pared down a little bit and things were slower and people weren't getting, you know, doing all of the let's, let's get together and do X, Y, and Z kind of stuff. Well, all of that is now, you know, back. And so your schedule is full again and you're back to that just constantly busy um, mode. And I... You know, it, it just, and it's not bad from the standpoint of like, you know, I'm going out with friends, I'm going, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. But that's also that, um, you know, the time of year where everybody's like, oh, let's quick get this in before the holidays, you know, <laughs> um, kind, kind of situation. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, 
it it's just a different pace of life that has kind of crept back in where I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of the norm for this time of year. But I kind of got spoiled, I think, with the past two years of being able to have a couple of evenings free and, and be at home and just, you know, so it was, it's just, like I said, it's just something I noticed and, and, and again, like I said, I'm just realizing part of what it is, is we weren't doing all the gathering, all the getting together for two years, and now we're kind of back to that. And so it's the constant on the go again. Yep. And pros and cons. I mean, you know, seeing people you haven't spent time with and, and, and whatnot, or, um, and at the same time, when do I take the breath? <laughs> and, and I know the answer to that is hopefully December 26th. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I, that's not happening. I just kind of came to that conclusion. It's like, oh, okay, it'll, I mean, my, so my, my plan is to take, because my kids have off. Right. Um, to maybe, and we're doing a, we're doing a, we're doing a Chonimus celebration next week. Um, with our, our, our Jewish friends. Um, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. Um, but again, just to try and take a little bit of a, a breather before the start of the year. Because the reality is like, it, it, it keeps rolling. And look at, you yep. know, Christine and I were kind of looking calendar beyond and going, okay, so we have, um, potentially a uh, confirmation retreat with the youth, and then we have Rock the Universe um, in Orlando, which I'm super excited about. Um, and then not too long after that, the, uh, the trip to Israel, which I, I don't do well with time change. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's going to be so that's that an is, adjustment. That is not going to be um, enjoyable. The good news is, I think this is you know just kind of Christine and I were talking the other day. I said you know, the the beauty of it is, I love my job. I love what I do. I love being engaged in the community, and I love um, I love the work that we're doing. I. And I think that that is, I find it life-giving and, and something that, that gives energy. And also recognizing that you know, the Sabbath thing was one of the commandments for a reason. And I know at least at one of the services, um, I talked about that. You know, that the, the whole importance of Sabbath and the fact that Sabbath is one of those things that God says, this is important. And we're like, yeah. Is it though? And the reality is, it is. Um, and I, I think it's something we need to pay attention to. I, so, so the sermon, the text this week, I, I kind of pulled on the the whole light piece. Um, that Christ is a light. I think we've talked about. This, I I think we too often as society like to just kind of say, well, God will take care of it, or Jesus will take care of it, or whatever, and as, as you know, to kind of absolve ourselves from, from doing 
What is hard work? I mean, we've talked about that consistently. Being a, being a disciple, being a follower of Christ is, like, hard. Right. It's hard. Well, and, and perfect example, you know, a few days ago, um, got in a conversation with someone who basically flat out said did not feel Jesus called his disciples to do justice. Right. And I just went, wait, what? I, <laughs> um, That's one and, way and to so, and, and so let's, let's take Isaiah 42. Um, I will put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. Um, 400 and... 420 some times that the word mishpat, yeah. Right. Now, in fairness to, to whoever you had this conversation with, I mean, that's Old Testament. So if he wants, to, if, again. Except I, Jesus quoted it about I, himself. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying. Okay. okay. I'm, it's, again, it's a really like flimsy, like super flimsy, like toilet paper in a rainstorm flimsy. Because. Yeah. Jesus, absolutely. So may, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like, oh well, yeah, well, four hundred and sometimes in the Old Testament it says it, <laughs> but how many times in the New Testament? And we're kind of forgetting that Jesus is the Word in flesh. Well, and, to be fair, the word and, mishpat is not going to appear in the New Testament correct. because it's Greek. It's Greek, right? <laughs> yes, not Hebrew. Right, correct. Um, but justice. Yes. Well. You know, that, that whole, you know, he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. So I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, with this, this person who's saying, well, that, and, and if you, you say that, they go, well, yeah, Jesus is going to do that. That's not us. And I was like, okay, stop. I, 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 here's, here's a legitimate question. What do you think it means to follow Jesus? What do you think it means to be a disciple? Yeah, what's the answer? of Jesus. And I'm trying to remember exactly what the response was. Basically, kind of the re response um, was very circular in its... I mean, I'd have to go look up exactly what he said, but... Of course, of course it was. It was I, I mean, it, it, it was one of those things. It was, it was a non-answer, whatever it was. Um, that pushed back again on the notion that we're called to do anything. It's like, well, my righteousness doesn't come in, in what I'm doing. And I said, no, it does not. So, so, but so, so the argument was works righteousness. It, essentially, yes. Okay. So I, I, he, I, I hear that. I, I, I did too. And I said, look, I said, what we do, we don't do because it earns us any special favor. I said, that's not why we, we, we do it. I said, but you're, you're claiming you love Jesus, you love God. Now, if this is what God wants us to do, is that not what you do out of love? Is that not how you live, you know, how do you live your love? How do you live out this, this discipleship that, if you go back and look at what Jesus was about, what Jesus was teaching, if we're supposed to be bearers of Jesus in this world, are we not supposed to reflect what was important <laughs> to Jesus? I would think so. Uh, I, I mean, it kind of, it was just sort of this, and, and I'll admit the guy, guy kind of ended like, 
you know, I'm learning some things. I'm learning some things. And so it was not a contentious, you know, angry kind of, you know. Which is a huge win in today's world to have yeah, a conversation. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge win that, that, you know, he was able to kind of, but, and, and he got stuck on, um, well, the day of, you know, that's for, for Jesus to establish on the day of vengeance. And I went, okay, whoa. <laughs> I was like, let's, let's talk about that word for a minute. Um, and again, do you want to know in, in the Greek what another way of translating, quote, the day of vengeance is? Sure. Day of justice. Hmm. <laughs> so, so it's a re- again, we've, another thing we have talked about consistently, translation stinks. Like, so often translation stinks because yeah. justice it's, and vengeance right. are... So, so the primary words that can, you know, that, that that word in Greek can mean in English is vengeance um, and punishment can also mean vindication and justice. And so it's kind of one of those things where it really is going to depend on how you view God, how you're going to translate that. Yeah. Is God a vengeful, wrathful God, or is God a God of justice? That it isn't about, you know, where, again, what is God's wrath? God's wrath is being angry at how we treat one another. Which, th- so this is really interesting, right? I don't know, maybe because we're Bible people. But if you think about it, if you are on the, if you've committed a crime, right, and justice is served, and you are the one that is being punished, you may feel like that is vengeful. Maybe. I get that. I I can see that. But if you're on the other side of that coin, you're probably more likely to see it as justice. Right. Now, again, I'm... I'm using an example in our legal system, which is a crap example in terms of justice, using the word justice in terms of biblical justice because right. our, <clears throat> our... The criminal... difference between punitive justice and restorative justice. Yep, yeah. So vengeance sounds very... Punitive. Punitive. Yes. But justice, in our sense, is, too, is, is way, way, way too often punitive. Right. And not helpful. At least the American criminal justice system. Which is really kind of interesting because we're a Christian nation, but we focus on the vengeance part of justice and not the restorative part of justice. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are very bad at, at the restorative justice. Um, basically, it's lock them up and throw away the key. Um, we don't we do, a- we do never what ask we the can question. to punish. Right. We never ask the question why. Right. Because I don't think we care. So why, why is this, why is this 13-year-old selling drugs? Why did someone loot? Why did, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, let's, let's, is it, is it, is it Desmond Tutu or Mandela or, Someone said, you know, we have to go back up the river and see why people are falling in. Right. That was one of them, I think. 
Um, and we don't, we don't take the time to actually go, okay, let's examine why these issues are happening. Oh, well, maybe if we address this, we won't have the end result or as frequently. I mean, the reality is there, bad things happen. Like, we're human right. and we screw up. But when you look at these, at these big issues, again, I, sometimes I feel like we can do like one podcast and just replay it every week and just do a little recording about you know, the text. Because we go back to the same things. Like, again, like, it's, it's, it's systemic. Right. But we treat it as if it's not systemic at all. Yeah. Or in the systems that we put in place, we so, can other people. So the interesting thing about the systemic thing and not treating it systemic, that's actually... So, so this conversation that I got into on, on social media, um, I jokingly was like, just threw something out there of, you know, a fun little writing exercise, pretend you're Paul writing a letter to the, you know, American church, you know, basically was kind of the, the gist. And this person responded basically by saying, well, I'm not, I'm not part of any of that, so I don't know why you, you would do this exercise. And I'm like, well, are you a Christian in America? And, <laughs> and you know, and, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, there's, there's so many different blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, look, here's, here's the reality. You are part of a religion that is the dominant religion and you benefit from that etc cetera, etc cetera. so you are part of it whether you you personally actively engage in x y and z or not you are still part of it um you know or consciously engage in it so you know it's kind of like it's kind of like with racism where it's saying well i didn't own slaves so why right. you know yep. but it's like well yes but you still benefit from being white in this country there's, yep. there's still a, a, a benefit to that. There's a systemic issue that we are all wrapped up in, in some way. And, you know, we're called to be, to recognize those systemic problems and work on them. And, you know, basically his response was, well, Jesus freed me from my guilt and shame, so I, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be worried about that. I'm because I have no, I, you know, I it's have a, no guilt or shame over that. It's ridiculous how many, I'm air quoting, Christians um, have no concern for anyone else. Yeah. That's, that's heartbreaking. And it just, it was, I, I, I was flabbergasted by that, you know, response. And, and, and like I said, and that's kind of when I started coming, coming back with the, you know, well, what do you think it means to be a follower of Jesus? I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not disagreeing that, that, yes, Christ comes in and Christ, you know, is, um, we put our burdens on him. You know, the, the point is not to be racked with guilt and shame and all of that. That's, that's not the point. The point is to be made aware of it so that we can do something about it. And I, I Yeah, think, but Jesus died. We're good. Well, that, of course, then, then made me ask the question, you know, well, what, 
what do you think this is, you know, when you're saying this is about, I said, is it just, you think it's about being saved from, from hell? You know, is that, is this your, per, you know, it's a personal thing in terms of Jesus came simply to make sure you don't go to hell. And I said, number one for me, that becomes a very selfish faith because it's all about just me not going to hell. Um, and kind of the, the other perspective of, of that is what kind of God basically is going to say, y'all are so awful and so bad that I just want to burn y'all, but Jesus will come in and make me so I don't want to burn y'all. Woohoo! And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not. And I get be. it. I get it. Luther was big into we're 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 all deserving of hell and all that kind of stuff. Um, which okay, maybe so. But I also, I guess, I don't view God as that 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 ever is God's desire, wish, want, or whatever is that. Well, I'm going to burn y'all unless you believe exactly the right thing. And unless you, again, we kind of get, get trapped in, quote, law sort of stuff where it's like, well, unless you're believing the right thing, you're, 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 you're you know, confessing the right words, you're, you're doing the right thing, you know, well, you know, you do something wrong, you're still going to go to hell. It's like, well, that, no. <laughs> you know, I do not spend a single second wandering why unchurched people remain unchurched. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I, I, I know why they don't. When we as, as church can't... We have trouble getting the simple things, getting on the same page with some of the simple things. Um, I think we agree on... Again, largely speaking, virgin birth. <laughs> right. I think we agree on death and resurrection. And that's probably it. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm being a little dramatic, but I don't think I'm being <laughs> overly dramatic. Um, Oh, uh, let me add, I think we, we agree, church, church, we, when I say we, we church agree, um, Jesus is the Son of God. I, I, think, I think we agree on those things. Right. Um, and and maybe, maybe we could go through the Apostles' Creed and say, okay, we, 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 we agree on the creeds. But how it's lived out is so dramatically different in so many different ways in so many different faiths. And that has ramifications, like serious ramifications for, for the church and how, and how we engage the world. And I know, you know, we get frustrated. You and I in particular get frustrated when, 
people use scripture as a weapon. Right. Um, to Proof harm, texting. Right, to harm people. But it's so prevalent. And it's, it, it, man, is it hard. It's, it's, hard, it, it's hard from the standpoint, you know, to kind of sit back and watch people do that to, to the capital C church, do that to, to, to Christianity. And in some cases, I think it's absolutely 100% malicious. Yep. In some cases, I think it's ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I mean ignorance in a sense of not knowing. Yeah. Or not having the opportunity to have been exposed. Not right. ignorance as in you're, you're stupid. No, it's um, just, it's, it's, I'm, ignorance simply means you're not aware. And I think part of it, um, to some degree, is generational in how things were taught and how things were presented. Um, and I, man, it's, it's, it's so hard. And so frustrating, you know, as, as, as church, to be so divided, to have the body of Christ be disembodied in so many ways when it comes to how we engage the world and how we treat people. Um, it's almost, I, I, I was at, I'm, I'm going to say a thing. I was at a thing this week, and the person speaking very indignantly to a diverse group said Merry Christmas as a refusal to acknowledge people of other, willful, other willful refusal to acknowledge right. people of other faiths in the holiday. And... And I, I, I went away from that and thought, man, there was a humility and a humbleness that Christ taught and that I, that I believe that Christ wills for us and for how we engage in the world. Jesus didn't celebrate Christmas. I know, right? <laughs> as far as we know, he didn't celebrate his own birthday. And... <laughs> I do have a There's shirt. No recording of it. I do have a shirt with Jesus. So does Christina. A shirt with Jesus with a birthday hat on. It says, "Go Jesus, it's your birthday." I have that same T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have that same T-shirt. So, and I just, I just, I figure I, I'm going to wear it Christmas morning for the the, the service. Yeah. At that at that moment, I just, <laughs> I just remember thinking, I don't think, I don't think Christ wants us to be that arrogant in our faith and to the point where we intentionally use our faith to belittle, demean, or dismiss someone else. Like, I have, I have zero issue yeah. saying happy holidays. Oh, I know. I, I know. do not think for one second that if I use the words happy holidays to someone whom I do not know their faith practices, I do not believe for one second that, that God is... Mad at you? ...is for, pissed and yeah. going to strike me down, or that, it is, that is, it is offensive to my faith to say so. 
So, I, you're, a few years ago, um, I had a friend who she, she posted um, a picture of a pamphlet that she'd received. And her comment was, a customer gave this pamphlet to me and told me to read it later. He said he had an important message, and it turns out I'm going to hell. <laughs> and what ensued was then, of course, a barrage of, of people talking about how annoying and irritating Christians are. And that's our witness. Isn't there a song about that, though? How annoying and irritating we are? Right. They will know Jesus by his love and irritation? Something like that. Um, so I actually looked up, like, she posted a picture of the pamphlet. You know, it was like the, the Romans road to heaven um, or something like that. And, yep, there it is. You know, it's, it's you're a sinner and punishment for your sin is death and hell. Um, <laughs> it was like, well, okay. And admittedly, that it does strike a chord with me when that kind of stuff, because I did not, let's say my own faith life, was really estranged from the church for a very long time, precisely because of those scare tactics. Right. I, it, it was not the message that resonated with me in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, the whole believer burn. Yep, turn or burn. Um, you know, that, that always makes you, you know, in the back of your mind, no matter what, you're fearing God's judgment. Because maybe I didn't believe the right thing um, or believe it the right way or, you know, maybe I really wasn't saved because I didn't believe the right way or, you know. Um, and that actually drove me away from relationship with God. Yep. That fear did not make me suddenly love God more. I, I mean, to me, it's like trying to... to um, stay involved and, and, you know, in a relationship with an abusive parent. That's exactly where my head went to. Yeah. I or was an, like, or that's, an abuse that's an abusive parent. And having been in an abusive relationship, no, you run from, you run from that. <laughs> right. In, in, in any abusive relationship. Exactly. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm thinking, you know, that's the same thing as saying, I'm hitting you because I love you. Right. And that... In, in case it's not abundantly clear, and I want to be abundantly clear, that ain't love. Right. Like, I mean, that, that fear did not make me love God more. It did the opposite. It made right. me question what kind of God I was worshiping. It made me feel that you know, my life was just this effort in futility in the eyes of God. So why bother? Why bother with faith? Why bother with a life and relationship? If everything was going to be scrutinized and judged and found wanting and, and all of that. Right. And... You know, I know the response is, oh, but you believe in Jesus, so you don't need to worry about it. And it's like, well, no, I'm still going to worry about it, because what if I'm not believing the right way? And I just, it turned me off for good reason. Yeah. And again, because I don't think individually avoiding hell and eternal damnation is the point of the gospel. Me either. Believing in Jesus simply for the purposes of saving my own skin, to me, seems very selfish. I'm an only child, and I can tend to be selfish. Yeah. And I agree. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, so if the Christian message has been reduced to you need to believe in Jesus so you can avoid the fires of hell, I think we failed miserably in conveying the heart and the point of the gospel. But for so many people, that's what it is. I know. Well, and like I said, that means, yeah. to me, that means we have failed miserably. Yeah. We have failed miserably 
Um, I, 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 I do find it, I don't know what the right word is, I'll say interesting and frustrating and irritating. Um, the folks who will um, very gladly and happily point out your sin. Right. Um, one, as if they don't have any sin, and also um, do so so that because they love you and want to, air quote, save you, right? You should air and then quote, act abusively towards you. should have you. air quoted the eye roll you just gave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we should put like emojis in we the... Should, you know, maybe we should start doing this on Zoom or something where we're recording our facial expressions. That Nobody that needs to see this mug. <laughs> um, but yeah, eye roll emoji was strong. Um, it was like the three. It was like the three eye roll emojis, like back to back to back, because <laughs> um, everything's better in threes, which is biblical number and you know, trinitarian. Yeah, the trinitarian. Trini the trinitarian eye roll. Eye roll. <laughs> All three yeah. persons of the Trinity were rolling their eyes. <laughs> you know, and that's absolutely. I, honestly, I think there's a lot of the. I use a lot of the trinitarian um, swear word emoji, so. Yes, yep. Um, so, you know, I kind of, it, and this is sort of where, you know, my faith, I think, kind of changed, was when I kind of, instead of, instead of it being this selfish, I need to be safe from hell thing, kind of became a, a question of, so, you know, what bothers you in this world? You know, does people starving bother you? Does genocide bother you? Does injustice bother you? Right. What, what is the hope that we are looking for in Jesus. What are all the prophets, you know, everything pointing to? What is that hope for the nations? What is all of that? And is not the hope that we are yearning for is an end to all of that. A yearning for things to be fixed. For everyone, not just for ourselves. Exactly. Bingo. I mean, I'm not starving, but I'm worried about the people who are. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I get, and I think maybe we're kind of leaning back towards the sermon. Um, one of the things I talked about was, you know, the prophets were shining a light on things right. that were going on. And we do the same thing. And there's some things, like not all the prophets talked about all the same things. Oh, no. They, they all had a variety of things. They would quote one another from time to time. Correct. Because they were aware of what the other person, apparently, you know, the other prophets were, were, were saying. And, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, like there are people in our congregation that are passionate about one issue or another and not right. so much another. Oh, yeah, that's bad. But, and the reality is there's so many things going on in the world that... Well, you know, and it's, it's your cultural context of, okay, so this is the problem that's going on here right now, and I'm going to address that issue. It's, like how it's many, not that there aren't other things going on. How many causes can I give to? Right. Well, right. they're all worthy. Most of them are worthy. Um, you know, most of, those, most, of the, most causes are worthy, but, I mean, I got a, a limited set of resources. There, so there's a guy that spoke, and I wouldn't give his name even if I did, and I wouldn't give his company even if I remembered it. Um, but I don't remember his name or the company, unfortunately. That it's a construction company in this community. The guy has given to one organization almost $30,000 this year. And his comment was, I work so that I can give and do this work. Right. And I went, 
what a freaking concept that you're working so that you're better able to serve others. Right. Like, like, I, I mean, that's, that, like, that hit me for someone in a field. And, and he kind of, he said, listen, he said, I, I work in construction. So if I say something, if I pause for a long period of time, I'm trying to recalibrate my language for my current context. Um, and I said, hey, I'm a pastor. You're forgiven in advance. Let her fly. Um, and, and, and he said, you know, I... I I work so that I can I can give and help others. Right. And I was like, how many of us how many of us look at it that way? Now I have no idea. I mean I mean the guy could have like five boats and four houses and I don't um, I don't get the, I didn't at all get the sense that that's the case. But it was like I, I work so that I can help others. Right. That's a pretty profound statement. Like, what if, like, what if we, what if, what if the, what if the world did that, right? Like, what if the world tithed? What if the world tithed? Do we call that taxes? <laughs> no, because that sh that shit gets wasted. Oh, I know, I know. But, like. In, like, a, in a perfect world, those taxes would be used to actually do those things. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I, you know, and, and for me, the question Look, becomes, what, what is our hope? Is our hope that there's a power in the universe that is strong enough to change the human heart? Yeah. Is your hope to save yourself or save, save the world? Right. And... Because when, when, you know, in this Isaiah text, this is about being a light to the nations. You know, this is about... Um, it's not a li this little light of mine. No. <laughs> I mean, this is about justice for everyone yeah. kind of thing. Um, the, the notion of things being put right... And, you know, something that can renew our societies, can renew our lives, can restore creation. Um, and for me, the question is, do you want to be part of that? Do you want to be part? And I think that's what Jesus invites us into. Because especially, I know it's your favorite gospel, but the gospel of John, he's always inviting people. Come and see. Come and see what I'm doing. What am I doing? Come and see. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing and delivering people from brokenness, from sorrow, from harmful behaviors, from slavery, from suffering, from you know, physical maladies, from sin, from death. Um, you know, has, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. I realize that's more Isaiah 61, but it's also kind of in this 42 thing. <laughs> right, and it's, it's, and, um, it, and it's all embodied in, in Christ. Yeah, and, and, you know, and that redemption just, it's about um, present, past, and future conditions and problems. And 
I don't see it as about some potential otherworldly lake of fire <laughs> that some people might be headed to because they don't have their theology quite right. Um, and so I, I, I just look at it as what is our message? What is it we're sending out there? And what, you know, what are people viewing? And when it's a self, you know, that kind of what I call very pandering kind of, well, I love you, I don't want you to go to hell, so this is why I'm going to treat you like garbage. Yeah. It just to me is like, wow, that, that is abusive, abusive behavior. I don't accept you so you can change so Jesus will accept you. Exactly. Uh, um. I think you're missing some large chunks of right. your theology in that. I in mean, that, and, that and let's face it, I think um, salvation from hell is not the pressing concern for most people in their everyday lives. They, they want salvation from their everyday lives. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they, they want salvation from the things that already torment them. And, you know, to me, sometimes hell is, sounds a lot like having to continue to live in a world that does not know those promises and does not know that future, does not have that hope. Yeah. That's hell to me. Yep. That humanity will never change. That we will never, ever be changed. That it's this endless cycle of death and destruction. Um, I think there's, there's, two, there's two pieces. Um, one is shining a light. And then the other part is how you respond to it. So it's one thing to say, oh, I see that now. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing to say, hey, I see that now, and I'm going to respond in some fashion. Right. And, you know, and I, one of the things I, I brought up this weekend, you know, we raised twelve hundred dollars for the children's ranch. Yeah, at least a little over. Just in our noisy offering, we over a thousand dollars into the festival of Tree of Lights. Light shines. You can either leave the leave the light on and 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 try and do the work, or you can turn the light off and walk back out of the room. And largely speaking, you know. Our congregation leaves the light on, largely speaking. Some issues, I'm not sure that's as much the case. <laughs> um, but you got to leave the light on until you don't need it anymore. Yeah. And, that, and that's hard. And it's, it's particularly hard, you know, when it's an issue that, that doesn't, that doesn't affect you. I, I, I think you know, the easy thing with those two events or those two causes, they involve kids. Yeah. You know, mental health of kids and you know, sort of family stability of kids through the children's ranch and, and, and tights and teens. So that's an easy one, right? right? That's, that's, that's an easier, easier ask and an easier plea. But what about the ones that are harder? The ones that maybe don't affect us directly? Or the ones that, are, let's just call them, are um, a little more suspect in terms of, well, 
it involves what I would call, you know, a personal choice or something along those lines that has led them to where they're at. And people are like, well, they get what they deserve. Right. They did X, Y, and Z. So, yeah. you know. Therefore, they're no longer part of the kingdom of God. Because, uh, I mean, right. that's what you're saying, right? Like, like, oh, you made this choice, therefore, no. Yeah. Well, and I mean, people made choices in Scripture, and Jesus was like, uh, no, come on back in. Come on back in. Be part of the kingdom. Our job isn't to kick people out. It's to bring people in. And I think we sometimes forget about that. Our job is to, is to bring people into the fold. Love them and accept them, not kick them out and tell them they don't belong. Unless they change. And I'm not saying that... Like, so so let's, let's, let's be honest. Like, we all need to change. We all need to evolve. We all need to grow. And whether that's, you know, a criminal history or, you know, or something else, like we all have, we all have to grow, but none of that is meant to exclude us from the kingdom of God. Right. You know, and I think back, I think on what the message of the early disciples was when they went out. And it really was not believe or burn. That, that was not really, I think, the point. Um, it was, look what God has done throughout history to deliver his people. Right. They always appealed to, look, this, this is the God who, who did the exodus. This is the God, you know, that, that delivers people from bondage. Um, it was a message that was about hope in a world filled with despair, um, about th- this radical love in a world of really harsh taskmasters. Um, and, you know, a place where Paul would stand up and say, you know, okay, y'all, you know, he lived in a very pagan context. He says, you know, you, you, you're worshiping some unknown God, and I'm tell- telling you, God has become known in Jesus. This is, this is the tangible reality now of how we can get to know who and what God is. Um, that he's become active in a very specific way through Jesus. And when you look at, okay, so what does that mean? What is that active, what is that active way that God is, you know, has become? Well, this Isaiah text, I think, kind of points us to, <laughs> you know, to that from the standpoint of... Um, Jesus identifies himself as that light, as that thing that brings justice, as that, um, that one who has been appointed to, to do these things. And I would say invites us to be. And as his disciples, we are then invited to participate in bringing that about. Yeah. Let's and, participate. That's an... Maybe Do you want to participate in making the world a better place? That's maybe, maybe the message we need to Maybe the afterlife is the participation trophy for participating in being the light in the world. Well <laughs> But seriously, I mean the kingdom of God, as we know, is both a now and not yet. And it's about participating now. Because we want to participate very fully 
in what that vision that God has is. Yeah. And yes, we recognize we cannot usher it in on our, by ourselves. It has to be God ushering us in. And, and part of that is the, the, the restoration, the resurrection, new life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it is about this is the goal. This is the, the vision. This is the hope. This is the ideal. Live it in this life as much as you possibly can. And when you are resurrected, it's not going to be that culture shock. <laughs> For lack of a better term of, oh, wow, okay. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. This is, if this is what we hope for, why don't we work for it? That, that's always my big question. I know I've said it over and over again. Is, if, this is, if this is what we want our world to be, why do we not work towards that? Because we don't want, or we want our world right. to be that way, not the world. That, I think that's the difference. As long as our world, our own little world is okay, we're less concerned, and I'm broad brushing here, um, we're less concerned with how the world is as long as our world is okay. Right. You know, I... Well, and, and the difference between, okay, you know, people start saying, well, that's the world, and poof, you know, whatever, and we do that separation of the world versus God's kingdom. And yeah, the two are in opposition many, much of the time, but the whole point is for the kingdom of the world to become the kingdom of our Lord. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a quote in, in, in a book in the Bible that says that. And then we sing it and say, Hallelujah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that, that's the end goal. The end goal is to make the kingdom of God the kingdom of the world. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that we're invited to be part of that. And you are too. Yep. Come join the party. And so this coming week, um, Advent 4, we get to talk about Joseph. Yeah, we don't do that an much. We'll and we're we'll getting into Gospels now, which ought to make you happy. Only temporarily, because <laughs> Jesus is a prophet. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. I, so I haven't looked in advance, like beyond Christmas, what where the, where the texts are going. Matthew texts take us, but I'm sure there's trouble for us to get into there too. Well, and Matthew is a very let's just say Matthew quotes the Old Testament a lot, yeah. <laughs> which is the beauty of doing an narrative lectionary. We'll, yeah, we'll pull some stuff from. It's going to be pulling from a, hey, you maybe have heard about this before. And guess what? This is getting lived out now in, in Jesus. Fun stuff. Yep. So, all right. Well, um, we will hopefully have one more podcast before Christmas. So I'm not going to wish you a Merry Christmas yet. I'm just going to say ha continue to have a, what, a happy Advent? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I if that's a thing. Have a good Advent. Have a have a reflective Advent, um, a hopeful Advent. Yeah, there we go. Have a hopeful Advent. Get off the hamster wheel. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.